dead in the wilderness. When the children of Israel were in Egypt, one of the things that God promised them was after 400 years, they will be delivered and they will go to the place that God had promised them. The place God promised them was called Canaan. And the description of the place that God promised them was that the place is the place that is filled with milk and honey. You don't need to fertilize the things you plant. The things you plant has a tendency of becoming too big that you can't finish it. So in Canaan, you can't get one quiver and finish eating. You can have an orange in Canaan and finish the orange. The one thing God did not tell them was that between Egypt to Canaan is something called the wilderness. Pastoral ministry, God will always pick you from Egypt. But right there at Egypt, God came to you and said, I'll make you a pastor of thousands. And you find yourself in one of your dreams and you were preaching and the crowd was endless. That is showing you your now listen Egypt is your present condition Canaan is the land where he has promised you wilderness is the process so now God tells you I'll make you a great man but he didn't tell you the process he didn't tell you that you will have to resign and leave your job you have to zip Gary on 25th December. You have to wear one jean and get used to your jean. And you have to wear some clothes until people can identify you by your popular clothes. You can't even remember the last time you made your hair. That is not that God has forsaken you. You are on your wilderness marching to the promised land. Everybody you see today who was a pastor, who started probably with you, who was a dean with you, who are not around anymore, are dead in the wilderness. So when people die in the wilderness, they dig the ground, bury them and the movement continues. Things that made people die in the wilderness. Number one, sin. Sin is like being injured. It doesn't make you walk like you should. It doesn't make you run like you should. It doesn't make you have strength like you should. You can't have strength while you're bleeding. 
They moved because God had called them. So they started the journey. But sin, immorality, buried them in the wilderness. Rebellion was the next thing. Many of them rebelled against the work of God. Many of them rebelled against what God told them to do through their leaders. They rebelled. Because they rebelled, they died in the wilderness. They didn't die because of darkness, that there was so much darkness, and many of them fell into the pit. God was a pillar of fire by the night, pillar of cloud by the day. They didn't die because of the sunlight. See, in the wilderness, there is a high level of sunlight that would have burnt their skin to black. But do you know what happened? A pillar of cloud was that God released much cloud that hinders the ray of light to affect them directly. So the cloud hindered the light. They were like people walking under the shade of a tree. They never died because God was unfaithful. They died because they were unfaithful. They fell off from the promises of God. I'm teaching you right now on what I call dead in the wilderness. Dead in the wilderness. Or you call it he died in the wilderness. Dead. D-E-A-D in the wilderness. When the children of Israel were in Egypt, one of the things that God promised them was after 400 years they will be delivered and they will go to the place that God had promised them the place God promised them was called Canaan and the description of the place that God promised them was that the place is the place that is filled with milk and honey that's the description of the place. Because of the good things in Canaan, the Bible explains the place as a place flowing with milk and honey. You don't need to fertilize the things you plant. The things you plant has a tendency of becoming too big that you can't finish it. So in Canaan, you can't get one quiver and finish eating it. You can't have an orange in Canaan and finish the orange. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. So, a palm kernel is like a coconut. Quavers are like purple. Quavers are like purple. Mangoes are like watermelon. And now think of how watermelon looks like. So that's how wonderful the place was. Pay attention to this. So the God came to them while they were in Egypt and promised them. Oh Jesus, the anointing to preach has just come. And promised them that he's taking them to promised land, Canaan, 
a place filled with milk and honey. He promised them a place where they were slaves. They were slaves. They worked too hard and it's too little. So God picked them there and started promising them and will always remind them of his promises. He says, don't forget I have told you that I will deliver you from this land and I'm taking you to the place of milk and honey. You get So he came to them and they had no idea of this place. Oh Jesus, I feel like preaching. This guy doesn't have any idea that there's a place called Canaan because his grandfathers that came to Egypt have all died. So they have been in Egypt for a long time. He never knew that there's a place called Canaan and he had never known how nice the place is. So God came and told him that there's a place called Canaan. It's a place flowing with milk and honey. In fact, they built all the houses. You don't need to build any house. They have very many nice buildings. Their foods are good and everything is good. I'm giving you the land. I'm giving you. And in one of the times, they sent spies to go and check if what God said is true. When they went, they discovered that the people that were living in Canaan, they have eaten the good things that are in Canaan until they became giants. One of the reasons why you are shot is not really because there is no height in your gene. But most times, poor feeding affects your gene. You had height, but it's not working. The people there were giants. Do you understand what I'm saying? The people there were giants. Now, they were too tall until them. They were like grasshopper before them. That was how it was. God said to them, if you think I'm lying, go to Canaan and check it out. The land I'm giving to you. When they went, those guys, the food the guys ate, the fruits they ate, the nice meal. And God told them, that's the land I'm giving to you. And when they went and saw it, it was true. But they said to God, people are already living there. God said, leave them. I'll make you chase all of them away without shooting one bullet. You'll just shout. And they'll all leave. That was how powerful it was. But one thing God did not tell them was that between Egypt to Canaan, is something called the wilderness. So, millions of people, more than 20 million people, were excited about the promise. And were excited that they cannot wait to be in Canaan. They can't wait to be in Canaan. They were so excited. But let me tell you something. I have a good news for you. Out of all the 20 million people that left Egypt, it was only two persons that arrived Canaan. Every other person were born on the road. They did not hear the promise. Out of 
20 million people. Only two people arrived the promise. And every other person with all the excitement, let's go, died on the road. So that's the dead in the wilderness. Pastoral ministry. <laughs> Pastoral ministry. God will always pick you from Egypt where you are always struggling to either stand as a believer. Most of you laugh at me a lot when I am even telling you you are a pastor. Whereas you know you can't even stand as a normal believer. Face face. You are in Egypt. But right there as Egypt, God came to you and said, I'll make you a pastor of thousands. And you find yourself in one of your dreams and you were preaching and the crowd was endless that is God showing you your Canaan that's God showing you your Canaan branch pastors you can really connect this you lie down and pray for the service and lie down and dream that your church was so big and you saw people that you didn't even know. You were preaching powerfully. And you woke up to face your 15 people in the morning. So very many times, while you are still in Egypt, God shows you Canaan. Canaan is the land where he has promised you. Now listen. Egypt is your present condition. Canaan is the promise. Wilderness is the process. So now, God tells you, I'll make you a great man. But he didn't tell you the process. He didn't tell you that you will have to resign and leave your job. You have to zip Gary on 25th December. You have to wear one jean and get used to your jean. That you have to wear some clothes until people can identify you by your popular clothes. Most of you, you can't even remember the last time you made your hair. That is not that God has forsaken you. You are on your wilderness marching to the promised land. Whenever I remember the promises of God for me, it makes me to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I fear no evil. Everybody you see today who was a pastor, who started probably with you? Who was a dean with you? Who are not around anymore? Are dead in the wilderness. They died they are buried. That's why you could hear my friend said, rest in peace. They are dead in wilderness, buried in wilderness, when the movement is still on. God told me, don't be tired of ordaining new pastors, because I'll be replacing more. God told me, the more they go, 
I will still be doing many are called, few are chosen. I said, what does it mean? He said, if 30 are ordained, then even as they are ordained, which they are thinking that they are now chosen, there will still be a sifting machine that will still sift again. And out of the many that we ordained, they will now become the called, and another set is chosen. For the limit is taking people to. Can you imagine that the time that God started showing you vision or telling you that you are called or giving you an idea that you are called or telling your pastor to tell you that you are called, you didn't know how to preach, you have never healed the sick before, you have never done a successful moderation before, and God could see the best in you and doesn't even show you your first year in ministry, second year in ministry, third year, but is showing you the promised land. How nice and how heavy the anointing and the ministry is going to be. And you start working on the process. And as you are moving on the process, the devil starts deceiving you. Are you sure this thing is going to work? Are you sure you are going to be able to do it? Are you sure you will not die? Are you sure if you save God you will marry? And you start heeding to the devil. You are about to die in the wilderness. About to be buried dead and buried. So when people die in the wilderness, they dig the ground, bury them, and the movement continues. One of the things that God has taught me is get ready to dig the ground, bury any, and move. What that means is that if somebody says, I don't think I can be a pastor again, and all of that, I said, okay, no problem. I dig the ground in my heart. I said, God, thank you very much for the few years that the person has been with us. We keep moving. We keep moving. Dead in the wilderness. Five things that made people die in the wilderness. Number one, sin. Sin is like being injured. It doesn't make you walk like you should. It doesn't make you run like you should. It doesn't make you have strength like you should. You can't have strength while you're bleeding. So that's one of the things that made people die in the wilderness. Many of them died in the wilderness. They moved because God had called them. So they started the journey. But sin, immorality, buried them in the wilderness. There will be a time that they will sit back and watch people they were working with. And the people have become what God had promised three of them. But some couldn't walk to the Canaan. They had died in the wilderness. They were buried. The movement continues. Sometimes if they celebrate birthday, we also celebrate their birthday also. Hello, how are you doing? God bless you. But we are moving, but they are not in the movements anymore. They are dead, buried. Sin. Two. Rebellion was the next thing. Was another thing that made them die plenty in their wilderness. Rebellion. Many of them rebelled against the work of God. Rebelled against the instructions of the Lord. Many of them rebelled against what God told them to do through their leaders. They rebelled. Because they rebelled, they died in the wilderness. 
What does it mean to die in the wilderness? The presence of God that was leading them stopped leading them. And they are gone. They stopped their journey halfway. I mean people that were so desirous. Muslims, when I look at the days that you started pastoring or when you started the church newly and when you loved God, how you loved God and the visions you used to share and the things that God used to talk to you and I now look at you now. Most people are already on their lining states. You are not as fast as you used to be. You are weak in the wilderness. You know this is how it starts. After a long while, you just start trekking. And after some time, you are weak. And after a week, you now stop for a little while and uh, move a little bit, move a little bit, stop. Later on, you sit down. Later on, you lie down. Later on, you are gone. Many believers are like that. They never see the promise. What God promised them, they never see it. Oh, when we started, we had very many guys. We had very many sisters also. Very many anointed people. These are people that when I go to fast, and I pray in my fast, and I come back, they'll be telling me what they have also received, what God has told them about the church, and the revelations that God has shown them about the church. And it will be the same with what I have received. Sometimes they even look like they had the faith. More than me. It's like somebody having a plan for next year. And died just at 80. I was talking to a lady and the lady said, she discovers that she's called. That she saw herself preaching and praying for people who were sick. And for everybody she laid hands on, they all recovered. Today she's not in faith anymore. She's in one boyfriend's house. Dead in the wilderness. So when people die in the wilderness, they don't get to see the promise that God had promised them. And the only thing that is going to make them great in life is the promise that God had promised them. If you can just survive in your wilderness. That's all. If you can just survive in your wilderness. In the wilderness, there's no abundance of food. But for every time they were hungry, God was always there to provide. But they never had an extra meal waiting for the last one to finish. In fact, God commanded them and said to them, when you receive manna, don't even keep it for the next day. God was teaching them how to trust in him. That was how it was. They never had abundance of water to always drink. But for all the time they needed water, God had always provided. It has always been provided for them. They never had abundant victories in advance. But for every time they had a fight, God always gave them victory. Not that the people used to run away and leave them. They would always have a fight. And for every fight they confront, they will always have a victory. In their wilderness, they were not always rich. But for everything they needed, He was always providing. He was always providing. Murmuring, grumbling, complaining was the next one that made them die in the wilderness. Complaining is that though they are doing it, but they are talking against it. You're already doing it. You're doing what God is asking you to do. But you're giving too much complaint. You're talking about how you're suffering. But you're already suffering. You're on it already. You're hungry. You're hungry already. But you're talking too much about how you're hungry. You're emphasizing too much about how you are suffering, how you are sacrificing. 
You're always reminding somebody of how I've really sacrificed, I've really sacrificed, I've really sacrificed. Complaining, talking, complaining, questioning. In many of the cases, when they are murmuring, God will just dig a grave and put them inside and cause it earthquake. So they are buried. 20,000 people can just gather together and they are murmuring against Moses. And God will just till the ground and put them inside, bury them, and the others are moving. The next thing also that made them to die in the wilderness was divided loyalty. Next thing that made them die in the wilderness was divided loyalty. God asked them, I want you to follow Moses. I'll pass my instruction to him and he'll pass the instruction to you. And just because Moses wasn't around, they start listening to Aaron. And Aaron made them a calf. And they started worshipping it. Worshipped the golden calf. And worshipped it and forgot about God. Forgot about the promise. And one of the questions that Moses was asking them was, where was this golden calf when he divided the sea for you? Where was this golden calf when God opened the Red Sea? When he fought with all your enemies? When people even did sacrifices and wanted to kill you? And God defended you? Where was the golden calf? So, divided loyalty was one of the things that killed them in the wilderness. They died dead in the wilderness. Another thing that killed them in the wilderness was not being satisfied, not being contented. Many times God will make things not to come and they'll start remembering if God had allowed us to stay in Egypt, we would have eaten cucumber, we would have eaten garlic, God would have allowed us to die in Egypt. At least if we had died in Egypt, we would have our graves. Look at what people are wishing for. We would have our graves in Egypt. I think I shared something about the assistant of Bishop Oyedepo. He said he did not used to even lead in prayers. I mean the person who is the second in command now, that he was not even fit to lead in prayers. He was not even fit to be an interpreter. Just to say, he was not the assistant. You don't understand what I'm saying. He said he couldn't even lead in prayers. There was no such chance. He was walking back there at the media. And there were many, 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 many other people. Many, many other people, many, many other people that if they want to even lead in prayers or do anything, or Papa wanted somebody that can be able to preach for him in some way, some way, even if Papa had ten places to preach, this guy is not even needed at all. Because they were always men. That's what the man said. But what happened? The men keep dying in the wilderness. Keep dying in the wilderness. Keep dying in the wilderness. Keep dying, keep dying, keep dying. And as the day, other people are growing till somebody that was far, far back became his assistant. So he was now sharing this testimony that this church 
that he is the assistant. There was a time he could not even lead in prayer. Do you understand what I'm saying? They keep dying in the wilderness, dying in the wilderness, dying in the wilderness, dying in the wilderness, until the last became the first. Dying because of complaining, not being satisfied with what God has given to them. Always thinking that there's better and bigger life for them some way. Always thinking that there is something else that they are running after. And they keep dying in the wilderness. So, now, let me tell you something. Let me shock you. Where those churches are now, the church I'm using as an example, is beyond their dreams. Because this is one thing about God. He will do exceedingly abundantly far above what you could ever ask or think. And He will also do what eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, what has not entered into your imagination. So if your imagination, that is in your dream, you saw 10,000 people, you yourself preaching to 10,000 people, there is always exceedingly abundantly far above what you could ever ask or think. There is always more than what eyes can see, what ears and head, what has entered in the hearts of men. Do you understand what God is preparing for those that love Him? So there is always more. Where the church is now is that they have moved from what they dreamed about to something very, very bigger than that. So but some people could not survive their trying days where they had no food to eat, where they were only drinking on the road, where they were only living by what they received, where they had no money. And God said, I don't want you to beg anybody for any money. Where God said, I want you to shut down your phone. Get your family members relaxed while I walk on you. They couldn't survive the trying times in the wilderness until great men start dying. Great men start dying in the wilderness. Mighty men that when you see them, you see the prospects of the ministry. They died out. Died out. Died out. Died out. Until the people that are now in the promised land, they were not even aware of the promise. They didn't hear about the promise. They didn't even know. They didn't even know about the promise. They were not in Egypt. They were not in Egypt. They did not hear when God promised them. Only two guys. Joshua and Caleb. Some of them died in the wilderness. Because they have anger issue. They say, God, why do you give me bad members? Why do you give me members that are threatening my life? Why are you giving me members that are too hard for me to bear? They died in the wilderness. Buried in the wilderness. And the movement continues. God is not tired of replacing people. He replaces you before you know it. A pastor met me and told me, Daddy, I don't know what happened. I saw something this night in my dream. I said, what happened? He said, I saw myself replaced. My seat was taken. I was thrown out. And I did, pastor. I, said, I was thrown out of my seat. And my seat was taken. Nobody was sitting there. And I said, who did you see in the dream? He said, I saw pastor ID in the dream, sitting on this place. I saw pastor Sika sitting on this place. But my seat was empty. I said, Charlie, pray. Satan has a plan for you. He wants to kill you in your wilderness. 
while you are still heading to the promised land, the place that God had promised you, the great man that God wanted you to be, the influencer of your generation, the key of very many people's destiny, the destiny helper of thousands of people, the pastor that was supposed to pastor millions, the pastor that many generations are longing for, the dreams you used to have, while you are still on your way to becoming who God had called you to be, who God told you from your belly of your mother that you are going to be, while you are still on the process of being who God wanted you to be, you were distracted because of what to eat, the job to use, money, clothing. You were depressed because you did not go to school and others were going to school, so it looks like they were ahead of you in life. You were distracted and you died in wilderness while the movement was still on. So they just told Moses, one guy has died. They said, bury him. Let's go. Let's keep going. We can't stop. We have a promise ahead of us. Somebody messed up and God said, I should excommunicate him from the church. So I wanted to cry. God said, from now, I don't want you to cry anymore. I said, why? He said, before they came, you weren't crying. So you can't cry when they leave. Bury and keep moving. So he just said, God, thank you. Thank you for the few years they've stayed with us. We love you. We keep going. Dead in the wilderness. Dead. They didn't die because they didn't have water to drink. God always provided. They didn't die because they were hungry. God always provided. They didn't die because of darkness. That there was so much darkness. And many of them fell into the pits. God was the pillar of fire. By the night. Pillar of cloud by the day. They didn't die because of the sunlight. See, in the wilderness... There is a high level of sunlight that would have burnt their skin to black. But do you know what happened? A pillar of cloud was that God released so much cloud that hinders the ray of light to affect them directly. So the cloud hindered the light. So they were like people walking under the shade of a tree. They never died because God was unfaithful. They died because they were unfaithful. They fell off from the promises of God. A father to one of our pastors called me and was talking to me about the child. The mother was causing a lot of problems, so the father called. And the father said, I don't know, but I want you to consider because they were trying to negotiate on her behalf. And while the man was talking, the man said, I, I don't like saying these things I'm saying. This, this conversation I don't like having because I know that I'm suffering right now in life. Because God called me and I ran away from the call. I know exactly what I'm going through now in life is because I fell off from the track of God. So though I'm pleading for her, I'm just pleading because of the pressure from the mother. But really I know for sure that when God calls a man or a woman, she should follow God and not follow any other thing. I told him, you have said everything. Many people die on their wilderness, on the process of becoming who God wants them to be. Because God does not explain the process. He doesn't explain the process. You just have to go through the process. You just realize. But as you keep going, Bishop Dark said, when I started preaching the gospel, I did not believe I will have a house. He said, when I started preaching, I knew I will not have a house. And he said, I'm surprised today that I have many. Bishop Doug was preaching the other day. And he said, I don't own any car. 
But I drive any kind of car I like. I don't own any car. He has so many cars that he does not say these are my own. He just many, many cars that he drives. Their church gives cars to pastors. These are people that preaches to a large crowd of people. But when they started their church, they started in the primary school, in a classroom. This was somebody that the father chased out of the house because he said, my son cannot live on collections. Today he is one of the wealthiest pastors in the world. When you walk through the process, everybody is going to call you a fool. But processes lead to a great product. When you find people in the promised land and you are wishing that, oh God, I love Pastor Paul in Nietzsche. Such a wonderful and anointed man of God. I tap from his mantle. Do you understand what it means when he was a medical doctor and God said resign from medicine? And he said, okay, well, 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 I will resign, but my wife will be working. He said, two of you resigned. And, you know, if you resign as a medical doctor, people will still be bringing jobs for you in the house and said, relocate, leave jobs, move down to Abuja where nobody knows you so you can be focused to save me. So that's the person that is having the biggest auditorium in the world now, biggest church seating auditorium in the world, 100,000 capacity in the world. When Idahosa launched its 30,000 capacity, the whole world, great men of God everywhere gathered and they were wondering the amazing wonder of the Lord. How somebody can build 30,000 capacity where people are coming to gather and save God. And they didn't even know that 15 or 20 years after, another person is going to build 100 capacity. Nobody knows 10 years after now what's going to happen. There is always no measure to what God can do. It's only that there are no men who are willing to walk through their wilderness. God did not promise us that we are not going to walk through wilderness. He called the wilderness the valley of the shadow of death. So when you are walking through it, I'm feeling like I'm going to die. I feel like I'm going to die. I'm not going to survive it. It's a valley of the shadow. It's valley. It's valley. Valley is a place you can't really run. Valley is a place full of dead things. And not just a valley, but valley of the shadow of death. So you feel the shadow of death. You feel dead. You are walking. It looks like I'm going to die. It looks like ministry, you're not going to make it. God says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For thou art with me. Bow your heads. Dead in the wilderness. Dead. Dead while on their way to the promise. While on their way to the promise. Dead. While heading to the promise, they died. Few years to what God promised them, they are dead. They are dead. She's back to where she was. Something she vomited and said, God, I can never be a part of this kind of sin again. Repented. God, I want to walk with you to the destiny you promised me. She's now back. She's back to that thing that she said I can't do again. Back to where she was. Back to where she used to be. 
the sin she caused. Back to the lifestyle she said I have nothing to do with. She's back to the wilderness. Dead. Decaying. So do you understand that in the wilderness they buried more than 20 million people. The one thing they didn't know was that as every burial was done they were also naming ceremonies that were also going on. Others were being born while others were dying. So God was quick to replace people. God was quick to replace people until Canaan was filled with the Israelites who never really saw when God promised they jump into the truck on the middle of the road they did not join from the park I mean people who said well we don't know when they started refining city but we've jumped in to get the promise every day is painful people cry because somebody's dead but after they finish crying two weeks everybody forgets they remove their morning clothes and they are back on business if you leave God today many people are going to mourn they are going to cry they are going to lament but two weeks later Everybody's back on their business. The journey continues. And you're forgotten. Dead, buried, forgotten in the wilderness. And movement continues. I think your prayer point is God, keep my feet from falling. Keep my feet from falling. Jesus. Keep my feet from falling. Jesus. Keep my feet from falling. My feet from falling. Keep my feet from falling. Oh, 
we were praying, I saw a vision. And I saw somebody who knew the 12 disciples came to the disciples and said, I love what God is doing in your lives, disciples of Jesus. I love what God is doing in your life. I remember when Jesus picked you guys as fishermen. Today you guys are apostles taking over nations. I so love what God is doing in your life. And the person asked the apostles, where is that your guy, that guy, that, that guy, very wealthy and anointed, the one that was a treasurer. Where is that guy? What's his name again? This powerful anointed man of God that used to work with you people. One of your treasurers. What's his name again? Peter said, is it Judas? Yes, where is he now? And they said, dead in the wilderness. It's, it's gone. It's dead. Dead. <laughs> dead, buried, forgotten in the wilderness. He couldn't reach the promise of the Father. <laughs> Promise. And the man God promised 
enter into the promised land. So this is the picture. When they finally entered, Rahab embraced Joshua. Embraced Caleb. And said, what about the other ten guys? Where are they? I want to have a meeting with all of you. I remember how it was. I remember the good, good, those good old days. Where are the ten other guys? Where are they? Where are the ten other guys? Those are ten other pastors also. Ten other pastors that represented our tribes. Where are they? Those ten spies. I'm only seeing two of you. Where are the ten spies? So Joshua said, I'm sorry. You know they have lived with this girl. They have lived in a house. They must have shared pleasantries. They know themselves. They cracked jokes together. They were like sisters. Said, I'm sorry. You mean the other one? She's dead in wilderness. The other one, dead in wilderness. The other one, dead in wilderness. The other sister, the one that's fixing dumb, dead in wilderness. Only two of us. Only two of us left. This is your prayer. God, help me to survive my wilderness. That's your prayer point now. Help me to survive my wilderness, oh God. Help me to survive my Resurrection of Jesus. Amen. I pray for the resurrection of Jesus. 
Amen. I pray for the resurrection of Jesus. Amen. I pray for the resurrection of Jesus. Amen. Lift up your hands. Lord, don't let us die in the wilderness. Amen. On our journey to what God had promised. While on our way to the promise of God. Hold on everybody. Pastor James was talking to me about somebody that had backslided. She had run away, left ministry, and Pastor James was so bothered. I told Pastor James, if she wants to backslide, allow her to go. God will always replace. And Pastor James told me, but we suffered together. We suffered together. Why couldn't she just stay? We were together. We suffered together. While we were suffering together, we suffered. We had no clothes. We were struggling together. Almost to the peak of the breakthrough. Almost. Almost. Dead. The wilderness. Dead. Forgotten. Sometimes I will meet friends who had known us time ago and when they hug me they start asking me some of the questions how are you doing fine how is church fine and they start asking me what about this person the other tall lady the fair one the other slim one the anointed one that one that used to pray i said is this this person he said yes dead in the wilderness is it this other person yes still standing for the lord is it the other guy the other guy dead in the wilderness is it the other sister, the one that you used to love the way she prays? Dead in the wilderness. Hold her. Is it the other brother, the one that used to speak in tongues? That always have dreams about the church? What about him? Brother, we are sorry we lost him. We lost him. We lost the dreams. With all the dreams, all the visions. Dead in the We had a brother who was at Cameroon. Who was doing fishing in Cameroon. And his boat got sunk in the water. And he survived. He held on to a small leaf for more than three hours. And he was rescued after three hours. And God told him, I'm sending you back to Akpaden to be a pastor. He returned back and started walking for the Lord. Ask me, where is he today? Dead in the wilderness. Dead, gone. A lady met me that she is from Lagos and that she was walking somewhere. She was paid heavily. And God showed her a vision that refiner city is where she should be. She resigned and left the job. The madam said, I'm tripling your salary. She said, I don't want anything. I want to be in the will of God. 
and she packed her load all the way from Lagos and came down. Ask me where she is today. Dead in the wilderness. Dead. Buried. Gone. The movement continues. A young man from Aksu met me and said, Pastor, if I had known what I know now four years ago, I would have been a great person. I said, what happened? He said, I saw myself walking behind you and you were sharing flyers. And for every flyer that fell back, God told me, pick it and follow you. And I told him, well, do you know the meaning? He said, I know the meaning. God wants me to walk with you. God wants me to be with you. And the guy told me, if I had known this four years ago, he would have really helped me. Ask me where is the guy now? Dead in the wilderness. People who had seen great visions and had felt so much of God's power. Bow your heads. I want to pray for you now. I want to pray for you right now. Can you hold somebody? Because the anointing that is going to come upon you right now is not for you alone. It's for you and your brother. Because anytime there is dead, the next thing is that the next person is grieved. What about your best sibling that year? Dead in the wilderness. Hold your neighbor. We are going to pray right now. I'm going to pray for you right now. Most of you are already weak to move. But a strength from heaven is coming into you now. Amen. Make sure you're holding hands. I'm seeing a spark of fire moving from one hand to another. I'm seeing a spark of fire. I'm seeing a spark of fire. I'm seeing a spark of fire. A fire of restoration. A fire of restoration. A fire of restoration. They, I don't know whether you are among the dead. They are wait upon the Lord. They shall mount up with wings. 
and the thorns of God of Sikopeni in the Setos Yata, it let all Galiroska and La Porona Nanana and Nanesha Tapalila da Bapada da Tayada and the Sunday Penida. Hold on, everybody. Hold on. Hold somebody. I'm praying for you right now. Quietness in the house. Just speaking in tongues. Pray in your heart. Hold somebody. Strength is entering into you now. Strength is entering into you. I see a spark of light. Spark of light. God is preparing you for his purpose. A spark of a powerful light. Spark of the light of the Holy Spirit. Spark of the light of the Holy Spirit. I'm seeing a wind of revival. I'm seeing a wind of revival. I'm seeing restoration. I'm seeing people back to life. Win a revival. 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 And sing a win. A win. A win a revival. Lift up your hands. 
Lift up your hands. Your hands lifted up. You are lifting up your hand to God right now, who's the source of your strength. By strength shall no man prevail. Are your hands lifted up? The songwriter says, Take me by the hand. Lead me, walk with me. Because I need you more. Because I need you more. I need you more. Are your hands lifted? I've seen great men backsliding. So if it is in greatness, you've not entered. Listen and lift up your hands right now. The Spirit of the Lord is at work now. I'm hearing God saying, I'm doing a resurrection. Amen. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Spirit of the Lord resurrects. Amen. As many that have died in the wilderness. Amen. Wherever they are, we still love them. Wherever they are, we want a massive revival this night. Not just here, but let the angel of revival visit them at every city. Amen. Lift up your hands. Lift it up. The strength is coming up right now. Just keep lifting up. The strength is coming up on you. The strength is coming upon you. I see strength coming. Amen. I see strength coming like a garment. Amen. Just lift up your hands. Don't even say amen again. Only speaking in tongues. Only speaking in tongues. Strength is coming like garment upon you now.
Jesus for your strength. There is baptism of the Holy Spirit in the house. Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just keep waving your hands to Jesus. Dead in the wilderness. Keep waving your hands to Jesus. Father, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Take me by the hand. Give me walk with me Lift up your hands. Father, thank you. Father, we love you. Father, we thank you. Blessed Holy Spirit. Blessed Holy Spirit. Blessed Holy Spirit. Blessed Holy Spirit. At this point, I'm hearing God mentioning people by name. I'm hearing God mentioning people by name. When he mentioned the name, he says, don't give up. When he's mentioning names, he's saying, don't give up. I hear God said, Prince, don't give up. I hear another name called Life, don't give up. I hear Joy, don't give up. I hear Princess, don't give up. I'm hearing Glamour, Glamour, don't give up. I'm hearing priceless, don't give up. Treasure, don't give up. Esther, don't give up. Lift up your hands. Ayabashataya. He's also mentioning your name. He's also mentioning comfort, don't give up. Beauty, don't give up. I don't know whether he's mentioning your real name. What you are to him, my comfort. Most of you don't even understand the place you carry for God. You are God's comfort. God's comfort. So he's saying, don't give up. I don't know whether he's calling you priceless. Father, thank you. Lord, we love you. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We magnify you. We worship you. We can't do without you, no. The enemy has always lied to us that we can do without you. We are hopeless without you. Our destiny, our journey, our life, everything will crumble without you. We need you now more than yesterday. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. Bow your heads, everybody. If you are here, you want to give your life to Jesus. Let your hands be lifted above your head. You're here, you want to give your life to Jesus. Or you've backslidden and you want a resurrection. Lift up your hands above your head. I'm going to pray for you right now. I shouldn't beg you to do this. I'm praying for you right now. You need resurrection. Whosoever believe in him shall not perish. 
What does it mean to perish? To decay. How do things decay when they are buried on the ground? If your hands are lifted up, I'm going to pray for you now. The Spirit of the Lord is just by your side. It's just by your side. Lord, I've seen hands lifted up. I'm praying for resurrection. I'm praying for upliftment. I'm praying for revival. I'm praying for forgiveness. I'm praying for a new page. I'm praying for strength. I'm praying for life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Receive strength. People that are giving their life to Jesus, put your hand on your chest. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Forgive me of my sin, Lord. Make me your child. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.